Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Series 1, Episode 25 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Zlatan Ibrahimovic has arrived. Arrogant, successful, determined. Where else could he go but United? The match made in heaven or another transfer failure for the red team in Manchester. We'll be discussing that as well as the arrival of Henrik Mkhitaryan, announced the day after Ibrahimovic in a mad week. What we can say for certain is that the famous saying is back. Hated, adored, but never ignored. On with the show. So, Manchester has been welcomed to Zlatan as the billboard says above the Arndale Centre. United have denied involvement in said sign, but my hope is that Ibrahimovic himself has paid for it. It reads, Manchester, welcome to Zlatan, and is just metres away from the Manchester City store. Anyway, Manchester is the capital of football once more. Guardiola versus Mourinho, Ibrahimovic to challenge Sergio Aguero while Mkhitaryan will attempt to have the same impact as Kevin De Bruyne. In the meantime, Paul Pogba is playing in France while his agent, also that of Zlatan and Mkhitaryan, Mino Raiola is sipping wine in Turin as he discusses Pogba's future at Juventus with United strongly linked. So, let's start off our Ibrahimovic discussion by talking to a man of many talents, normally he's on ESPN, Eurosport, Bleacher Report, BN Sports, Yahoo, you name it, now he's with us. Jonathan Johnson, thank you very much for joining us today. No problem, thanks for having me on. Um, it's certainly been an exciting uh, week for Manchester United fans, looking on as this Ibrahimovic signing has slowly crept to completion. Having seen the immense change that he's brought about in Paris, uh, what's your initial verdict on him joining United? I think it's uh, intriguing, certainly for me. You know, Ibrahimovic is someone who's given a lot to Paddy Saint-Germain over the last couple of years. He's been a, a fantastic player for them. You know, arguably uh, the most talented player that, that Ligue 1 and, uh, and Paddy Saint-Germain have, have ever had the pleasure to have. Uh, and I think that I, to be perfectly honest with you, if, you know, looking back on Ibrahimovic's career, I think if he'd made the moves uh, the other way around, gone to the Premier League first and then come to Ligue 1, 
I'd like to know how things would have uh, would have panned out, but I'm still intrigued to see you know how he fares in the Premier League. You know, this is something I know that Swedish fans in particular have wanted to see for a long, long time. Uh, you know, and many other people have also uh, questioned whether. Uh, Ibrahimovic uh, w- would be able to cut it uh, in the Premier League, and I guess now we're going to get that response. Well, his last game for Paris Saint Germain saw that the game stopped to applaud him. Some people find this hilarious, and it, it's quite funny, and it, it sort of plays on Ibrahimovic's ego and character, um, arriving as a king, leaving as a legend. But given the impact he's had in instilling a winner's belief and changing the attitude alongside Carlo Ancelotti over the last five years or so in Paris. It, it is deserving in some ways. Oh, absolutely! He deserves plenty of respect from uh, you know from the club and from Ligue 1. Uh, you know uh, what he has done should inspire uh, plenty of gratitude from from all of those connected with the club and the league. Uh, I think PSG and uh, and Ligue 1 took it a little too far um, with uh, you know with the tributes to him in his final match. But that said, you know he has had a massive impact both on the club and the league. So uh, yeah, it is understandable they want to pay tribute to him in the you know in the best possible way. Uh, and you know he is he is thoroughly deserving of all the plaudits that he's received since uh, since being in France. Yeah, there've been a couple of moments of controversy, you know, particularly uh, what he said about France after the uh, the defeat uh, away at Bordeaux. But Aside from that, he has been uh, a, a fantastic talent to have uh, in French football, uh, and he is, uh, you know, thoroughly deserving of, uh, of of this opportunity now to test himself at one last uh, great European club. And he's coming to a tougher league. Um, he's done so much for Ligue 1, but everyone, including the the fans in France, and I'm sure you recognises how the step up from Ligue 1 to Premier League, and we see it with some players, some players flourish, like Dimitri Pye at West Ham, um, and some don't. In coming to a tough league, combined with him getting older, and he's proven that age isn't really an issue for him. In fact, as he's got older, he's scored more. I think last season may have been the first time he's outscored his age or something like that. But in terms of coming to a tough league, now in the Premier League, more games, less waiting time in terms of not having a winter break or anything, do you think he can have the same impact? Because looking on as a United fan, it's obviously very exciting, but I can't see him dominating the Premier League. I can see him having over 20 goals, which we haven't seen at United since Robin Van Persie, but I can't see him doing the same thing in the Premier League as in Ligue 1. What do you think about that? No, I don't think you are. I think uh, most people or, you know, everybody, uh, you know, before he makes his first appearance for Manchester United should accept that uh, Ibrahimovic has given the best years of his career to Paddy Saint-Germain. I, I don't think that that means he, he'll be disappointing for Manchester United, not at all. Uh, I just don't think that he will be able to replicate the same level of success that he's had with PSG, particularly this season. Uh, you know, with, with Manchester United. And it would have been the same for any other club. Even if he'd extended his stay, uh, with PSG, I don't think we'd have ever seen him, uh, you know, bettering the season that he's just had. I think it was, it, it's inevitable that it would always be downhill from the season that's, uh, that's just gone. So, you know, perhaps making a move, uh, you know, for one last fresh start was, was perhaps the, the best decision because the only thing that could possibly have happened, uh, with him if he'd stayed in Paris is that people, you know, start to turn on him, criticize him a little bit because, um, his, his season's tally doesn't, you know, live up or match up to the, to the one that he set in the previous season. So I think that it's going to be very, very difficult for him to replicate what he's done with PSG and Ligue 1, 
you know, and also across all competitions, domestic cup and also in the, in the Champions League with Manchester United. You know, you mentioned that he's getting older. Yes, of course. Uh, you know, mobility is a, is a question, especially in the Premier League where really, uh, you know, pace and power, uh, you know, are sort of the, the two most important attributes for players in, uh, in the league. So I think that what's very important is that United have plenty of players around him that are able to create opportunities for him, uh, you know, particularly players with pace. You know, I'm thinking like Anthony Martial, who are able to, you know, sort of open up that space for him him to thrive in the way that he enjoyed at PSG because we saw at Euro 2016 with Sweden when he doesn't have players like that, players with pace, uh, you know, players with skill who are able to, uh, you know, unlock defences. Uh, you know, he struggles and he can't uh, put a team on his shoulders and, and lead them forward on his own. And I think that'll be the same at Manchester United. So it's up to Mourinho, um, you know, to have enough creativity in that team uh, and enough players with pace who can, you know, give him the, the space that he needs in order to operate. And in terms of Anthony Martial, Marcus Rashford as well, much like it in, at, at Paris, um, many people are expecting his impact to be greater than just his goal tally or his contribution on the pitch. People are thinking that, uh, like Eric Cantona with a class of 92, perhaps not in exactly the same way, and these players aren't always coming through the United Academy, but the young players like Memphis, uh, Martial, Rashford, Fosu Mensa, um, do you think Zlatan will have an impact on them as well? And will he teach them? Because I was reading Carlo Ancelotti's book recently, how he used to shout at uh, some of the... Paris players, some of the young players, like 18, 19 year olds, if they weren't working hard enough in training, but could that spur United's young players on and could even just him being here for a season massively help them? Yeah, absolutely. I have to be perfectly honest with you. I think he needs to be there for more than a season. If his uh, winning mentality is to really become ingrained at the club, you know, and for those players to pick up those positive habits, uh, you know, and not forget them. I think if he was just there for a season, uh, you know, it would be quite an interesting season because I'm sure there would be a couple of, uh, you know, flare ups uh, with, with certain players. Uh, over their professionalism or lack of it. But I think really for, for Ibrahimovic to have a, a thoroughly positive impact on Manchester United and to change the club's way of thinking, I think he really needs to be there uh, for for two seasons. Uh, I think that's probably the maximum he could have offered any uh, big European club at this stage of his career. And I think that that's what he's he's going to have to do. Uh, with United, you know, I think he's going to have to impress sufficiently to earn a one-year contract extension. And I think uh, if he can see out two seasons at Old Trafford, you know, I think that the that the squad will be better for it. Well, Jonathan Jackson, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, thanks a lot for having me. It's been a pleasure. So, how could we line up in our forward line, specifically looking at Zlatan's role? The simple answer is he's our striker, our number nine. However, it's more complex than that, I think. Mourinho's favoured formation at Chelsea, a prime example of what we'll see at United next season, given he was in England and he won the league with it, was a 4-2-3-1 formation. That would see an attacking midfielder, possibly Wayne Rooney, as it's likely he'll be playing um, in his role as captain. Uh, that would see Rooney, possibly, behind Ibrahimovic or another player. Ibrahimovic himself at Barcelona felt this restricted him when Lionel Messi, not a bad candidate to play behind, he played in such a role. Um, while Zlatan's spoken of his admiration for him, he's previously said that a number 10 playing behind him restricts the space and his ability to roam in that role, which he likes. He likes not playing, not being restricted as simply a number 9. He likes to also use the number 10 role himself, so virtually playing two positions. 
So in playing the 4-2-3-1 formation, he could cause a change in Mourinho's tactics and stop him playing that immediately. Or his impact may be reduced by a player such as Rooney using the space that he likes. In terms of how much Ibrahimovic will play, um, it's difficult to predict. While he says this is only just the beginning, arrogantly, which he has backed up by consistently scoring more as he's aged, there's no doubt that his age will have some impact on how much he can play. We'll be in the UEFA Europa League next season, unfortunately, which means plenty of Thursday evening, Sunday afternoon games. This may be where Marino gives Marcus Rashford his chance to rest Ibrahimovic for the league campaign. So hopefully Rashford will get more of a chance in the Europa League and the League Cup if he's going to be benched to allow Ibrahimovic to come in. And as we've heard from the lovely Jonathan Johnson, Ibrahimovic will have an impact off the pitch as well, um, helping Rashford and Martial, especially if he's here for two years. Zlatan up front. Could it be Martial, Rooney and Mkhitaryan behind? It sounds quite attractive that um, on the bench with those three behind him would be Rashford and Memphis. Hoping that Mourinho doesn't sell Memphis. Mkhitaryan, in terms of, we've done our Zlatan tactics, our Zlatics if you like. In terms of Mkhitaryan tactics, uh, he certainly offers versatility. With a plethora of our talents now available in attack. Uh, Rashford, Memphis, Martial, Rooney, Zlatan. This attribute that Mkhitaryan has should be pretty useful. While Zlatan will only be playing as a striker, Mkhitaryan could play behind him or, more commonly, as a wide right midfielder or even deeper in central midfield, which could be useful if Mourinho wants a three-man midfield. We've missed a player with real impact or excitement on, on that wide right midfield for quite a while. I suppose Antonio Valencia last year provided anything close to that and that was in his first season when he was brilliant and earned the number seven shirt. Last year we had Mata and Lingard, but that was pretty poor on Van Gaal. In terms of where Mkhitaryan is most effective, it is on the right and particularly on the right of a 4-2-3-1, which is lucky. Um, thankfully, it's Mourinho's favoured formation as well. Maybe that's why Mourinho specifically bought Mkhitaryan rather than another forward like him. And I suppose there aren't many forwards like Mkhitaryan because going back to how versatile he is, he scored or assisted from every position he played in for Borussia Dortmund in both the Bundesliga and UEFA Europa League. That comes from Paul from Rankast, who used to on Bleacher Report, so credit to him, but... Uh, just a brilliant stat to show how versatile he is and how much impact he can have from so many different positions on the pitch. But most likely is that he'll be on the right of the 4-2-3-1, Ibrahimovic up front and likely to be Martial on the left and probably Wayne Rooney as captain behind Zlatan and just to the left of Mkhitaryan in the middle of the 4-2-3-1. Now, you may have noticed that other than Jonathan Johnson, it's mainly been me rambling on today. Um, Jack is down the line in sunny Tenerife, interrupting his holiday to come on. I hope it is sunny. How are you? I'm, I'm very good. Very good. Been uh, catching up with the Euros where I can. Um, keeping an eye on the transfer rumours. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been good. I'm refreshed. <laughs> um, well, a lot of transfer rumours, a lot of transfer completions. We've just been... Talking about uh, Zlatan and Mkhitaryan. Firstly, on Zlatan, exciting. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's, uh, it's the kind of signing that we've, we've we've wanted for a long time, and I think uh, really the first kind of star striker I can remember us having in five or six years. Really, um, I, I'm really really excited to see what he can do in a United shirt. Obviously, Euros didn't go as well as he and maybe some United fans had hoped for him, but 
hopefully after a bit of a longer rest and he was probably expecting he can get straight down to business with Mourinho. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing how they work together. Yeah, it should, it should be fascinating that too, the two of the, the most arrogant men in football and they're, they're <laughs> really at the perfect club to, to use that arrogance at the yeah. moment. Um, that sign above the Arndale Centre, I mentioned it earlier, Manchester, welcome to Zlatan, was just absolutely perfect getting back at City for the Tevez sign. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess that's a, a little glimpse into what we're going to get when August comes around and we have our first game with those two at the Community Shield at Wembley against Leicester. Yeah, definitely. It should be brilliant. It, it still amazes me that two such arrogant men can actually get on so well. It, it really doesn't seem like they would go, but it, I mean, I'm, I can't wait personally to see see what how it's going to be and what it's going to look like. They work brilliantly together at Inter um, and they speak so highly of each other. So hopefully it should be a really start of a really good relationship. And obviously with City unveiling Pep yesterday, it's um, it's really, really made me so excited for the, for the start of the season. I can't wait. It looks like there's really going to be some fire in the Manchester derby this season. You had Gundogan's comments the other day about how much he can't wait to play in the first Manchester derby. Now with Zlatan and Mourinho as well, it's really going to be a star-studded lineup on both sides. and I, I can't wait. Yeah, someone was talking about it some, somewhat like a, a Hollywood film where City unveiled Guardiola yesterday and Jose Mourinho arrives this morning on an em- in an empty Manchester Piccadilly station. And then <laughs> tomorrow morning, I think Mourinho's holding his first press conference and then on Friday, Guardiola's holding his. So there's, yeah. it, it's, def- it's already hotting up and we haven't even finished the Euros yet. And then, of course, we've got the, the pre-season match against them in uh, late July. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it should be fascinating. But in terms of the impact that Zlatan's going to have, not just in terms of his goals, I think he scored 20 goals for the last nine consecutive seasons, which is just incredible. And we, I don't think we've had 20 goals since Van Persie's first year from one player. And Ibrahimovic is probably the first huge ego we've had for quite a while. The first huge ego with reason to have such an ego. Yeah. Thing is. <laughs> Because I was talking to Jonathan Johnson about this and how he'll help Rashford and Martial, but we don't really have any... Because Rooney is a leader, Carrick's a leader in his own way, but we don't have anyone who's got that sort of desperate... that open desperation to win and won't accept anything yeah. else. Uh, imagine... My brother was saying this. Imagine Ibrahimovic in a team with Keen, Ferdinand, Vidic. You'd think that... <laughs> You'd think that they'd get on well, actually. Um, yeah. And, and hopefully that's what, like, like Keane did, like Cantona did. We're, we're hoping that Latin's going to do that in terms of getting that winning mentality back at, at Old Trafford. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's definitely something that we've lacked in the last few years. Like I said, although, although Rooney is a great leader and I think he's a really good captain, he, he doesn't quite seem to have that. I guess it does come down to arrogance in some ways, but like, I guess like you said, kind of arrogance, but with reason to be arrogant. Um, and Rooney doesn't quite carry that. And I think having someone like Zlatan there, who, who is just all about winning, he doesn't care how many enemies he makes in the process. I think it is something that we've lacked for, for quite a while. Hopefully he'll just bring a bit of that killer instinct. And I think having someone like that, you know, when you, if you look at Rashford and Martial now, the kind of people that they've got around them to try and develop, they've got likes of Mourinho, they've got Rooney, Zlatan. It, it, it's, it's just amazing for them to be in that situation and have so many great minds for them to kind of feed off. Um, and I think it, it can only be something good for, for them and their development. I'm so excited to see how our front line is A, going to line up and, and B, how it's going to play next season. I mean, it, it could be a, a really, really exciting sort of quartet going forward. Well, moving on to Mkhitaryan, uh, United haven't 
as we're recording this, United still haven't confirmed it, but Borussia Dortmund have, I think, uh, we're waiting on a, a medical, personal terms and a work permit, but Dortmund think it's done. It, and this is for a very good fee, it seems. Around 42 yeah. million euros, which I think is about 33 million pounds. It's just got a lot more expensive in the last week or so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I assume that's with add-ons because Dortmund's people on Sky Sports are suggesting 26 million up front. So, and, and I think that's 8 million less than Sadio Mane for Liverpool. It's just... In terms of how inflated the market is at the moment, especially with yeah. the Premier League deal, you see Everton are looking at Axel Witzel for thirty million, and we get Mkhitaryan for this. And given United's awful transfer business in the past few years, this seems to be a very, very good deal. The tweet that I first read, the first kind of rumours about Mkhitaryan came up. I thought I was reading it right. I couldn't believe it was he was kind of available for that little. Um, I think, like I said, especially in, a, in the market the way it is at the moment everyone is, just seems so, so expensive. And Mkhitaryan genuinely seems like a, a little gem. And, and for that kind of price, I mean, you can't really go wrong. He's had two brilliant, brilliant seasons at um last couple of years at Borussia Dortmund. And I I think he, he could be a great signing for us. He he looks like a very, very exciting player. Whenever I've watched him, he always influences the game so much. He's well, I, I don't actually know the exact number of assists he had last year, but it was a lot. Uh, I think it was over 20 in all competitions. I think and it was... 32 assists, 23 goals. Like, I mean, we, I don't think, I can't remember any United player having those sort of numbers for quite a long time. Yeah, and, and his versatility, I was just mentioning this, we were, I was looking at the, where Mkhitaryan's gonna play, and it would probably be on the, the right of midfield, possibly in a 4-2-3-1, and his versatility will massively help given how many good attackers we have. Um, in terms of, for Juan Mata, linked to Everton now, Memphis, uh, United fan for some reason thinking that she should leave after one season despite having great potential. I think that's horribly wrong. We should give him another chance for, for those two. Um, Mkhitaryan's arrival is, could be damaging, but it's going to help the team and we've got the Europa League and hopefully a, a long league cup run to help rotate the squad a bit. Yeah, we're definitely going to have a lot of games this season. There's no doubt about that. Even, even if we don't go too far in the, um, in the league cup, just the Europa League campaign, assuming that we get up the group you're always going to have a lot of games and that with the extra round is 32. Um, so we're always going to have quite a lot of chance to rotate. I think, I think Mkhitaryan's arrival is more a warning sign for Mata more than it is for Memphis, I think. Um, I, I can't see Memphis leading, um, really, especially not after just one season where, although he didn't, didn't impress enough, we, we did see glimpses of what he could do. I, I definitely can't see him, him leaving yet. I think for Mata, though, it, it could be the beginning of the end, obviously. A lot of talk about it anyway, now that Mourinho is here, after the way that he um, he sold Mata at Chelsea. And obviously, while Mkhitaryan's kind of favoured position is is out wide on the right, he can move, in, move into a more central position. And of course, Mata has filled that right midfield role for a lot of the, a lot of his time at United. So, I think it's more of a bad sign for Mata than it is for Memphis. Um, I mean... If Massa were to be sold, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't like him to go to another Premier League club. Um, but I mean, if, if, if we had to kind of get him out to create more space in our squad for some of the youngsters, then I wouldn't be totally against it, although I do hope he stays. Well, given how many games we're going to have, we do need someone. Imagine Mkhitaryan gets injured and then you, your only options of the wing are a striker in Martial, uh, Ashley Young if he stays, Valencia if he stays, and then Memphis and Matter. So, Ideally, you'd have them both if they're going to accept that they probably won't get first team football every week. Um, yeah. 
finally, um, before we let you get back to, I assume, the beach, um, <laughs> do, you, do you think we can challenge for the title? Because I said this on Twitter the other day, and originally when Mourinho came, I said uh, probably in the second season, yeah, we will probably have a have a proper chance, and it will be United against City when Guardiola's built with City side, Mourinho's built with United side. Um, maybe when Wenger's gone, that would be 2017-18. But now with the with the signings, it's July the 4th and we've got Eric Bailey, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Henrik Mkhitaryan, City of Gundogan um, and they're getting a few deals done as well. Do you think we can win the league now? I, I was asking myself this question um, as well and I'm not sure. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. I think I, this transfer window so far has certainly exceeded my expectations. Um I really didn't think that we would be getting both Latan and Mkhitaryan so early on in the window. And it's given me hope that maybe we'll make in a few more um, good signings before the season starts. I think, I think with Mourinho, with Mourinho as manager and someone like Latan up front, you've always got a chance. I don't think, I don't think we're going to win the title, but I, I definitely think we can get somewhere close to it. Um, like you, when Mourinho was first appointed, it was, for me, it was, it was top four. Um, this season, you know, wait, you know, to, to the next season once he's kind of settled in, once he's managed to get rid of all the people he wants to get rid of, bring in those who he wants to bring in. Um, but now, I mean, I, I'm starting to kind of redress my aims for the season. I, I don't want us just to be looking at top one. While, while I don't think we will win the title, I, I certainly think we can, we can get somewhere close to it. Um, yeah, that, I, think if, I, th- I think that's what I think. I think we should be challenging with the, with the squad, but I don't think we will win it, but I think, we can challenge, not just get top four. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I agree with that. I think as well what these signings are doing, it just gives us a lot more depth in our squad because as you were saying, like if we, before, say at right midfield, I mean, if you, if, if Matua or Lingard got injured, then we were really looking thin on the ground in terms of options there. But, um, the same in defense, I, I would be surprised if we don't bring in one or two more defenders, uh, just to, to shore up how much depth we have in that area. But, yeah, and I'm 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 really looking forward to the new season. My my expectations have certainly gone up a little bit, and hopefully we won't be disappointed. <laughs> right, um, I'll let you go back to your son. It looks like it's about to rain here, so thank you very much. <laughs> um, not a cloud in the sky here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where can we find you on Twitter, as usual? At United Tate T A I T. Right, enjoy your son. Goodbye. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Right, that's all we have time for today in this Latin Times special with a dash of Henrik Mkhitaryan on the side. I mentioned it talking to Jack there that Mkhitaryan scored 23 goals and contributed to a further 32 with assists last season in all competitions. That is 55 goals contributed to in as many games. A remarkable return for Mkhitaryan. Meanwhile, Zlatan Ibrahimovic scored 50 goals in 51 games last season too. Combined, we have signed two players who got 73 goals and 44 assists last season. Both got more assists and goals than any other United player. Exciting? Of course. Enjoy the conclusion of the Euros. I'm off to Lyon for the Wales semi-final myself, so the earliest we'll see you again is after the final on July the 10th. Thank you very much to our guest, Jonathan Johnson. You can find him on Twitter at John underscore Le Gossip. You can find me on Twitter at HarryRobinson64 and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod P-O-D. Manchester is the capital of football again. Let's just hope the red side wins, as we usually do. Goodbye.
Social Podcast Network.